Welcome to Unapologetically Me with your host, Felicia Schenken. This program is designed to bring you great resources in conjunction with the website phillywnc.org to help you break free from the standard flow of work life and become the person you aspire to be. Now, here is your host, Felicia Schenken. Hello, and welcome back to Unapologetically Me. I am your host, Felicia Schenken. Hello, June, and hello around the globe. Is this year flying by or is it just me? In spite of everything happening in the world, I hope you are able to find some peace amongst the noise. So today we are broadcasting from India. So much culture, food. We have the Taj Mahal, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. Festivals. And did you know that India is the vegetarian capital of the world? And of course, all the great spices that are good for your soul and your body. We have a guest that is going to share with you her knowledge and passion about re-imaging education and parroting paragons. Dr. Shali Merkati is the Director, School of Education and Dean for Students' Affairs at Adamus University. Dr. Merkati has dedicated her life towards promotion of child-centric and activity-oriented education, a passionate educationist, and a thought leader with a background of setting up and leading new age K-12 schools. Dr. Merkati has been the founder, principal of Adamus World School and STEM World School, the first STEM school in West Bengal. Under her leadership, STEM World School has been ranked and awarded as the second best international school in West Bengal by Educational World. Dr. Mekati has actively contributed to and spearheaded the process of creating a personalized, engaging, and stress-free curriculum for children of all age groups. And I am honored to have her on my show today. Please help me welcome my guest, Dr. Shali Merkati. Welcome, Dr. Shali. How are you? Thank you, Felicia, for this warm and wonderful introduction. I'm doing fine by God's grace, and I hope you are doing well. Yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Shali, I want to ask you, what did you do before you got into the education spectrum? I have never done anything before I had entered into this sphere because... Felicia, I have been working since, um, you know, it has been more than 23 years now that I have been uh, working in the sphere of education. And this is something that I have always wanted to do. And this is exactly what I'm currently doing. So in this long span of more than 23 years, well, I have been the principal as well as the founder principal of some of the reputed international schools in West Bengal, India some of which had actually been founded and established by me, like STEM World School, which happens to be the first STEM school in West Bengal, India. So after spending more than two decades in the field of uh, school education and leadership as well as management, in the year 2020, I have stepped into the domain of higher education, where currently I'm the director school of education at one of the premier universities of Eastern India named Adamus University. 
While additionally, I am also associated with premier educational organizations across India as well as globally in senior advisory position and role. And yes, as an inspirational speaker, I am invited, frequently invited in various uh, forums, universities and institutions to share my insights on the futuristic and progressive uh, role of education and how it impacts uh, the 21st century generation. So this is in short that I have been doing for the last 23 years. That's awesome. My next question, and you might have mentioned a little bit, but I hear the passion uh, as far as what it is that you do. So why is it so important to you about education? Why do you feel education is so crucial, especially now? Well, uh, Felicio, it's not only about what I think right now, but it's something which I it was always in my thoughts, you see, because I always wanted to work in the sphere of education precisely because I wanted to create a lot of difference in the people's lives around me. Right. And what is the, what is the other best way to do that? Uh, apart from education, to bring about a holistic, uh, you know, development in people's lives and to touch, inspire, and to impact the lives of people in meaningful and productive manner through the ennobling power of education. So, yes, of course, education is so very crucial. And here, definitely, I'm not talking about formal education only. That is only a part of it but meaningful, productive, and education in the true sense of the term. Education that gives you an insight into the workings of the world. Education that makes you acquainted with the kind of a real person that you are. Education that gives you a voice to uh, you know, speak your mind. And education that gives you that strength and that power to bring about a real difference in the world around you. So I'm speaking about that education, which is absolutely crucial and the need of the hour. I love it. I love it. And, and also it opens up so many more doors for you globally. So normally I ask this question towards the end of the interview, but I'm going to ask you now, what is your personal mantra or saying and why? Well, it's, uh, it's definitely uh, got a lot of things to do with a sense of purpose. For me, the word purpose is very, very important. Yes. Why you are doing what you are doing. Well, this is something which is so important for me. And I believe that this is not a question which you should ask yourself once in your life, but you should keep on asking yourself often. Until that particular time that you get a very, very fulfilling answer for yourself. Because see, uh, most of us, we do so many things in our lives in an autopilot mode without hardly giving a thought as to why we are doing something that we have been doing. So most of the things we do because either people have told us to do or maybe we have seen others doing it. But... It is so very important and crucial to understand that I'm doing this 
because there is a greater purpose behind it. And if you are not purposeful, if you have not found out your ikigai, that is your purpose for being, I, I, I think that your entire life should be a kind of a quest to find out your ikigai. But the day you find it out, it's going to be a completely different journey altogether. I so agree with that. I always say that when you're walking in your purpose, everything just goes so smoothly. There is no resistance there. If you do have the resistance, then maybe you should be looking at something different. But I, like you, I believe that, you know, God has given all of us gifts and the gifts are not for us to keep. The gifts are to share with the world. So uh, the saying is, when I leave this world, I want to leave empty, knowing that I have given everything that was given to me as a blessing. So um, for those that don't know, uh, can you explain to us what STEM stands for and how that fits into your purpose? Mm -hmm. Sure. So etymologically speaking, STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths. So it stands for the four disciplines. But when you speak about the STEM approach, or say you speak about a STEM school, I think it becomes comprehensive to look at STEM from the perspective of STEAM, where you have one additional letter added onto it, and that is the letter A, which stands for Arts and Humanities. So it is not only these four disciplines, which has got all to do with the disciplines pertaining to the field of science and maths, but it also has the very, very essential additional element in the form of arts and humanities. So in short, it speaks about an interdisciplinary approach of teaching and learning, an approach that brings all the disciplines together and speaks about a comprehensive way of teaching and learning. Additionally, a STEM approach towards teaching gives a lot of emphasis on critical thinking, creative intelligence, curiosity, collaboration, and communication. So it's all geared towards honing and nurturing a child's ability to think differently, well, to think out of the box and uh, definitely points towards a child's ability to think divergently, creatively, and to solve problems in a different way and to look at a lot of things around him or her from a very, very different perspective. I love how you explained that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. So you do work that I love, which is work with children of all ages. What are some of the curriculums you teach? Um, I know you work with children and young adults of all ages. So can you share a little bit of that with us? Sure. So Felicia, uh, around 20 years of my life, I have spent uh, working in the sphere of school education and yes, I have been a teacher all throughout my life. I'm still a teacher, will always remain a teacher. Uh, well, by, but, but I, while I have spent a lot of time with children of all age groups, when it comes to teaching, maybe 
I have spent a considerable uh, time with the teachers and the educators. And currently in my present role as a director school of education, I spend a lot of time with the teacher educators who in turn hones and nurtures the teachers of tomorrow. So I am so very blessed to have this opportunity of working with the children, working with the educators, working with the parents, and working with the teacher educators who in turn create the teachers of tomorrow and at the same time working very, very closely uh, into the field of training the academic administrators and the school leaders. So it's not only about working with children of all age groups, but perhaps with a wider cross-section of society who deal with children in manifold ways. Wonderful. So I mentioned earlier, and you mentioned just now, that you are the Director School of Education and Dean for Student Affairs at Adamus University in India. Can you let us know, how did this come about? This, I'm very interested to know. Yeah, Felicia, <clears throat> uh, Dean Student Affairs at Adams University was my former role. Currently, I am only the director for School of Education. And in my present role as the director of School of Education, uh, well, all my students are actually adults. So uh, our school currently offers four programs, Bachelors of Education, uh, BA Honours in Education, Masters in Education and PhD in Education. So these are the four programs that we offer uh, under School of Education at Musk University. So my students currently are the ones who are you know, pretty much adults and they have come into the sphere of education primarily because either uh, you know, after the completion of their programs, they would like to see themselves as teachers in, you know, a lot of schools or perhaps somebody who has come into the sphere of education to do a lot of research uh, in the sphere of education. So these are the two kinds of students that currently, uh, you know, I deal with. And additionally, as I told you, that I deal with the teacher educators, the teacher educators who are actually teaching these trainee teachers to become the 21st century teachers. I love it. I love it. I love it for so many reasons, um, because not only, like you said, you're dealing on the students side, but you're also dealing on the education, the educators, I should say, side. So it makes it well-rounded. Um, it's almost like uh, you are what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I won't say a medium, but it's like you're well-rounded because you're actually on both sides. And, and education is, you know, it's like one of the biggest things that I definitely, definitely um, am a fan of because I think it's important, especially for young women. Um, you know that I run a women's organization and a lot of times, you know, women are not looked upon as strong beings, especially in certain countries. And, um, you know, and I just love everything that you're doing. So Dr. Salih, you are a busy woman and you wear a lot of hats, doing speeches, being recognized for your achievements, which is many, as you should be, and just being present and involved with everything. 
I want to congratulate you on everything that you're doing. When do you find time to do it all? And when do you sleep? Uh, interesting question. So, Felicia, I feel that I have a very, very simple mantra, you see. So if you, if you genuinely would like to do something, you would definitely end up doing it. If you do not want to do it, you will definitely find out an excuse for not doing the same. I so, agree. <laughs> uh, it's I agree. as simple as that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I love it. I'm sorry. So please continue. I, I want to know because I am friends with you on Facebook and LinkedIn. And, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and recently you just told me that you just came back from the UK. So you are definitely a busy woman. But like I said, when do you find time to sleep? <laughs> so I would just like to rephrase uh, a particular word and that is I never term myself as somebody who is busy. I always say that I am productively engaged. So busy is not the word which I use for my, myself because that does not give me, a, give me a very good vibe. So I always term myself as somebody who is productively engaged. So, well, when you are productively engaged, you actually love the thing that you do. Unless you love uh, the work that you are doing. Because, see, for people like us who are, well, quote-unquote, workaholics, and those who work for, you know, 16 or 18 hours a day, it's so difficult to work for such a span of time unless you love the work that you do. So it's vital that you are passionate about the thing that you do and you love it and then it doesn't seem like work in fact in fact to enjoy each and every bit of it and well when do I go to sleep <laughs> on a lighter <laughs> note <laughs> yeah okay so I am not a person who goes to sleep quite early well it it, 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 it is it is between 12 to 1 okay <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I like you. You're right. You know, working the 12 and the, the 17 hours and, you know, but if you love what you do, it's honestly not work at all. And another thing that you said that I love, I remember a mentor of, of mine uh, one time she called me and I said, oh, let me call you back. I'm busy. So she said, I want to ask you a question. Are you busy or are you productive? <laughs> and I didn't understand that. And I was like, I was like, ask that question again. And she was like, are you busy or are you productive? And I'm like, well, I'm busy. She was like, no, you never want to be busy. You want to be productive because productive means that you're doing something and you're making a change. Whereas busy, you could be just turning around and chasing your tail and doing nothing. So mm. I, I love how you explained it. And then I wanted to explain how she said it. So we are going to be going to a commercial. We have to pay some bills and we will talk to Dr. Sani when we get back. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. 
are listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unapologetically Me. I am your host, Felicia Shankin, and we are having a wonderful conversation with Dr. Shali today uh, and the importance of education. So when we left off, Dr. Shali was telling us about uh, what it is that she loves, how she does find time to sleep, even though I don't know how, but she does. So my next question is, what do you do in your downtime and how important is it to you to have downtime? It's quite important, Felicia. Um, well, I feel that uh, as professionals and especially as women, you know, it's so very important to have a me time to yourself. Yes. You know? So uh, a lot of people will not understand the value that is attached to this, but yes, it's absolutely essential because that is something uh, that, uh, you know, rejuvenates you in the true sense of the term and in turn makes you more productive for the next day. And not only that, it gives you a lot of scope when you spend time with yourself, when you ask yourself those difficult questions when you self-reflect when you introspect well a lot of doors and avenues open in front of you and it's so very important at times that you uh, face uh, those truths about yourself so i think this uh, you know this having this me time uh, is absolutely important and essential on a daily basis problem is when we stop looking at it, uh, you know, as something important and when we don't take self-care practice as a priority, I think women, especially women, it's, it's applicable to everybody, but especially yes. for women, right. I think, uh, you know, practicing self-care consciously is absolutely important. Yes, I agree with you, uh, especially women, because we are running families we are running businesses, we are taking care of our partners. Um, and, you know, a lot of time we forget that we need to take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves, we cannot take care of anyone else or do anything else. So as women, it definitely, definitely is important. So tell us some of the projects that you've been doing lately. Well, um, uh, as I told you very recently, I came back from the UK and I was on a university project. And this was a Erasmus Plus project, a staff mobility program, where it was a kind of an exchange program where, you know, uh, and I was representing the senior leadership team from my university in the domain of teacher training and teacher education where I had spent 14 days in Pathsby University in the UK, learning a lot from their practice, uh, having a lot of knowledge sharing sessions, uh, icebreakers, brainstorming sessions. And well, uh, today uh, there had been an entire team from Pathsby University 
who had come down to our university and they will be here for a span of seven days. So this is uh, currently the project that I'm involved with, it's Erasmus Plus project. And additionally, well, uh, there are a lot of other projects pertaining to education. I am into writing, I am into publishing, I am also, uh, you know, very much passionate about women empowerment. And uh, I do speak regularly on different forums pertaining to the same, uh, pertaining to women empowerment, mental health, youth empowerment, healing, spiritual enlightenment, enlightenment as well as edu education is definitely there. I think that's how you and I connected. I think um, because I too am very passionate about women empowerment and just bringing the next one forward and helping as many as I can. So I, I love the fact that, um, you know, you're about, which I knew that you were about women empowerment, uh, but also being in the educational spectrum, I think it's very important. Um, it's so important for young women to see women that look like them, women of color um, that are out here in the world, letting them know that, it is possible for them to do anything that they want to do if they put their mind to it. Um, my mantra kind of is, you know, you there are no excuses. You cannot blame, you know, your culture. You cannot blame your race. You cannot blame the way that other people treat you. Education is something that no one can take from you. So you can Absolutely. go. You can go anywhere else anywhere in the world. You can be anything. I mean, look at the United States. We have a woman of color that's a vice president. So you can go anywhere in this world as long as you have the education. No one can take that from you. And I know definitely that you can relate to that. So my next question to you is, if someone was thinking about getting into the education spectrum, what advice would you give them, first of all, and why? Well, Felicio, you can be associated with the sector of education in various ways. So just to think that I will be coming into the sphere of education to become an educator or teacher, it's just an aspect of it. Well, you can do multiple things. I mean, it's not only about becoming a teacher or being an educator. Along with that, you can also think about multiple ways in which you can contribute in a very, very meaningful way. Uh, there can be some who can have an aspiration to become an academic administrator or an academic leader or maybe somebody can have an ambition or aspiration to work in the sphere of, uh, you know, policy making, uh, you know, in, 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 in the domain of education. So that can also be uh, another, another avenue. Somebody can decide to become a teacher educator who would be in turn educating or training a would-be teacher. So there are multiple things that you can do actually working in the education space. It's important for you to have a vision as to what you would like to do and, as I said, why you would like to do. So both what as well as why. The moment your why is clear, your purpose is clear, the how will emerge. So you have to decide what exactly you would like to do. But yes, um, 
I would definitely like to share that anybody who would, uh, you know, who would be eager to work in the sphere of education, right? Primarily, must have a very, very open mind. Unless you have an open mind, you cannot work in the sphere of education, or rather, you should not work in the sphere of education. Because if you see the way education has been going on for so many years now, it's still the essential byproduct of the 19th century industrial revolution, which still promotes a one-size-fits-all educational model, where children are not, uh, you know, they are not considered as human beings with a unique blueprint. You know, each and every child is born with a unique blueprint, with an ability to create and to innovate. But our current education system does not give any due diligence to that and treats each and every learner in the same fashion. So, well, the would-be and the prospective people who would like to come into the sphere of education primarily must have a very, very open and a flexible mind. And at the same time, that person must be very, very eager to learn and continue the process of lifelong learning and at the same time unlearning and relearning. Well, these are the two vital things that are absolutely essential and integral and both, both of them have got to do with your mindsets. Rest about imbibing the contents and learning a lot about how things are being delivered or things are done. Well, you can do it at any point in your life. But the mindset has to be absolutely proper. I love that. Let's stop and talk a moment about that mindset. I can't stress enough, especially in my organization, to my women, the power of mindset. I always say I can give you the plate of food. I can give you the utensils. I can give you the table and I can give you the chair. But what I cannot do is eat the meal for you. So I want you to elaborate a little more about the power of mindset. I think it's high time that we all should realize the enormous power that each and every one of us have, you know, and it's basically the power of the mind. So, Again, it goes back to, see, uh, Felicia, I have, uh, I'm a kind of a person who is deeply inclined towards spirituality. I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritually inclined person. I believe that the very fact that we all are currently here on this face of the planet, it means that we really do have something to do. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. You know, so each one of us, yes, each one of us, we do have a very, very deeper purpose for which we do exist. So the point is that we need to find out uh, our purpose and we need to be aligned to that. And we need to be at times we need also need to be reminded of it. And no one else need, no one else can do that for you. Your purpose is your purpose. And you are going to write your own story. Please remember that no one else has any business to do in reminding you of your purpose because it's your calling. So you need to, and that, that is perhaps why, you know, a little, 
back, I mentioned that it's so very vital and important to have a me time to us where we can ask these questions to ourselves. Yes. In the entire day, everything that I have done, everything that I have done, have I been aligned to my purpose? Have I been aligned to the kind of a value system which I would like to have? So these are the questions. See, the, nobody else will be coming to you and asking these questions to you. You have to do that for yourself. So it's very important. That is so true. And I think, too, the way you start your day is so important. Um, I remember at, there was a time when I would just wake up and I would get up and grab my phone or start doing my emails or everything like that. And I learned that when I wake up and I start my day with gratefulness, um, I mm. might say a little prayer, but I start my day with gratefulness. And I always say, you know, thank you for what you have done, what you're about to do and the things that are happening now, because I think it is so important you know, we as a society have gotten so involved with the noise. And what I mean with the noise, I mean, that my husband and I call them oys, outside noises. Um, mm. You know, we're, we're living in a world now where there's so much going on and there's so much distraction. And it's so easy to have your peace taken away from you. So that's why I think it's so important in the morning, going back to the me time, going back to the mindset that you take, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, a half an hour, whatever, that time for yourself to get centered and prepare you for the day that you're going to have. Um, you know, there is a saying that, you know, you, the, your reaction to what happens to you is 100% on you. Um, you can have that mindset of I'm going to have a terrible day today. Oh, my son got to school late or it's raining outside or, um, you know, uh, I was expecting something and it didn't happen. Or you can look at it on the bright side and say, you know, even though these things these things happen, it's not permanent. It's only right now. So how do you feel about that? How do you start your day off before? Because like I said, once again, um, when I introduced you, there's a lot of things going on. You told us that there's a lot of things going on. But to keep you centered and starting your day, what do you do? Yeah, this is wonderful because, Felicia, I also start my day consciously uh, with a sense of gratitude. And yes, uh, this I have not always been like this, you know. Uh, all through my life so in in fact I had also been a kind of a person who had at some point in my life and for a longer period of time I would say that immediately and you know things used to happen in autopilot mode so when I whenever you used to get up in the morning so you know I immediately used to think that these are the things that I have to do and when a particular thing finishes and even before that, you know, I started thinking and planning about the next thing that I would be doing. So I still am a kind of a person who does a lot of things, maybe in the entire span of the day. But the only difference that I have made consciously is that 
the moment I get up and before going to bed. So these are the two times, you see, before going to bed in the night and after you wake up from the morning. So these are the two times, very, very consciously, I would spend at least five minutes in conscious gratitude. So this is a conscious practice that I have been able to, you know, implement in my own personal life. And secondly, Felicia, uh, one major change that I have brought in my life schedule is to, is to not do multitasking, you know. So I was a kind of a person who used to do a lot of multitasking <laughs> right. at some point in my life. But uh, very, very consciously, I have put an end to that. And, uh, and, and now I know and I can tell anybody that there is absolutely no heroism in doing a lot of multitasking. I've seen a lot of people, especially women, feeling uh, very proud about the fact that they can do so many things at the same time. I was also one among the tribe at some point of time. But let me tell you, very, very consciously, I've put an end to that. And for me now, it is one work at a time. And I have learned the value of mindfulness. So when I'm doing one particular thing, I try consciously to concentrate on that thing alone, you know, and to be mindful about the thing that I have in front of me. So... This has helped me a lot. So these two practices have actually helped me a lot and maybe have uh, helped me, uh, you know, helped to keep myself sane, more sane, I would say, and centered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I can relate to that. I was, uh, as you were saying that, I remember a time when, because my husband and I, we travel a lot internationally. And I remember, I forgot what country we were in. And I immediately took out my phone and I started taking pictures. My husband said to me, he was like, just be in the moment. Just look at the beauty. And then if you want to take a picture, then take a picture. He said, but you're missing the whole, the, the whole uh, lesson here. And the lesson is to be in the moment. And that's something that I had to learn. And no doubt for my husband, to say that, to mention that, you, you know, you would expect that from maybe your colleagues or other people that you work with. And, you know, he's in the medical field, so he's constantly moving and doing things as well. But, um, you know, I have found that, yes, multitasking does not work. It just does not. You know, you find the one thing, you put your 100% into it and you enjoy that. And then when that is done, then you move on because you can't give 10% here, 30% here, uh, you know, 20% here. You, you, it just doesn't work. And trust me, I know I tried it. I remember before I started uh, my women's organization, the Philadelphia Women's Network Connection, I was doing financing, I was doing travel. And I started this and my husband was like, listen, you're just going to have to pick one and put your all into it. And I'm glad that I did because I believe that in doing that and also finding my purpose that I started to become successful in my organization. So, um, you know, I, I definitely agree as far as what you were saying 
um, you know, just being in the moment. It's so important. And I like the fact that you end your day with gratefulness too. I, uh, we're, we're about to go to break shortly, but before we do, I, um, on vac- I was on vacation last week and I went into the store and they had like little sayings uh, on these stones and uh, one of them was blessed. And I was like, I'm going to get this and put this on my desk. Um, you know, a lot of people know me, know that I'm very spiritual. And I saw Mm -hmm. another one that says trust in the Lord. And I said, I'm going to put those on my desk to remind myself every day that I am blessed and to trust. Because so many times we get caught up in the noise that we forget Mm -hmm. about those things that are so important. So thank you for sharing that with us. So we're going to go to break now. And when we come back, we'll be talking again to Dr. Shali. Thank you. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. You are listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, This is Unapologetically Me, and I am your host, Felicia Shankin. We are having such a great conversation today with Dr. Shali um, about education and empowerment and mindset and just some wonderful, wonderful things to, uh, to incorporate in your life and in business. So my next question to you is congratulations, actually, congratulations of your recent published interview in the U.S.-based World's Leaders Magazine this month for being a world's most influential woman in EdTech. So tell us a little bit about that and explain to us what EdTech is. Yeah, thank you so much, Felicia. You're welcome. Um, EdTech is, uh, you know, it's about education and technology. So unfortunately, I would like to say that uh, for all of us, and especially for the educators, it has taken an entire pandemic to make us realize the importance of technology in the field of education. So it's not that technology was not there in the pre-pandemic times, but it has taken this global pandemic to make us realize that Uh, how important it is to have a technology embedded education and a teaching learning ecosystem. So our present era, as well as uh, the future times of tomorrow, is definitely, will definitely be ruled by EdTech. And of course, there needs to be a fine blend of technology and education. So education cannot Uh, you know, continue to operate in isolation. 
and it's no point denying the impact of technology. However, saying that, I must also say or mention here that technology is just an enabler in the hand of a powerful educator. So it depends on the educator concerned as to how he or she would like to use technology. So using technology in the field of education does not mean that in the days to come, the educator will be redundant or will not be, uh, you know, uh, I mean, the value of the educator will be lessened in any means or manner because the human, because education after all is a human process and the human element is so very important in education. Because, see, Felicia, just to give you an example, I, I, I often use this in mm, a lot of forums where I go to speak that okay. we make a lot of, uh, you know, mistakes unknowingly when we term ourselves as, uh, you know, saying that I'm a teacher of English or I'm a teacher of geography or I'm a teacher of maths or I'm a teacher of science. No, that is not what we are. We are not teaching subjects. We are teaching children who are essentially human beings. So education is a human process. Right. The problem is the human element in education is, I mean, it's, it's, it's being neglected so much so that we know that so much of importance is being given or has always been given to only one kind of quotient and that is intelligence quotient but so less importance has been given to emotional quotient where significant research has proved that more than 80% of the success in your life be it in your professional sphere or in your personal endeavors it actually depends on your emotional quotient and not on your intelligence quotient so what I'm trying to stress here is that the human element is so, so very important. So that is something which is the backbone of education. Having said so, the human being or the human educator will, uh, you know, work with technology to bring about a great era in the field of education. So it has to be a technology-embedded education uh, for the future generations, uh, rather the present generations as well as the future generations. I agree. And technology is everything today. It's everything. Um, I love how you explained that and how you broke it down. And also, again, I want to congratulate you on being a, a most influential woman in EdTech. So that's huge. Because I believe it is a male-dominated field, correct? <laughs> yeah, a lot of fields are actually male-dominated. Yes. Fact, <laughs> even if you speak about leadership, I mean, leadership in general, a bit in the corporate field or in the field of education or wherever you go, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's actually male-dominated. So, but, you know, Felicia, leadership has got nothing to do with gender, you see. So... Yes, um, I in fact to share a very personal bit of my experience. Whenever I'm in the boardroom, I feel uh, oftentimes I feel that I'm I'm the only woman leader there. You know, in the right. midst of so many male leaders. Well, that does not give me any sense of 
pride or any sense of satisfaction. I feel that there should be more women in the boardroom who, who are actually taking those very vital and essential decisions. Because see, in each and every sector, there are so many women who are working, you know. But at the top level, where decisions are being made, if there are uh, not suitable representations of women leaders in that particular sphere where decisions are made, then it would be so very difficult for the women who are working in the mid-level, you see. Because the decisions, if all the decisions are made by the males, you know, right. chances mm -hmm. are that, that the decisions are often very, very biased. If they are not biased also, they will always have that male perspective in their mind. And it's difficult for, see, it's a limitation. We have to understand it's a limitation. It's a human limitation. So yes, males will not be able to understand a lot of perspectives, and a lot of issues and concerns facing the women. So you need a representation of women in leadership, in, in fact, across all the levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everyone, what a treat today for you. Thank you, Dr. Shali Merkati, for being on today. Let everyone know how they can get in contact with you. Well, um, it had been a wonderful experience, uh, you know, being on this platform today and, you know, interacting and sharing so many things. Uh, well, I'm a kind of a person who is extremely active on social media. So anybody who would like to get in touch with me, uh, well, they can get in touch with me on Facebook, on Instagram, as well as on LinkedIn. Or additionally, if anybody would like to write to me personally on my email, so my personal email ID is meetingdrmukherjee at gmail.com. M-E-E-T-I-N-G-D-R-M-U-K-H-E-R-J-E-E at gmail.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to sponsor a show or know about sponsorship opportunities, sponsorship ads for your business and so on, please reach out to us at unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. If you would like to ask questions to be included in our next show, please send to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. Have a wonderful rest of your June, and I will talk to you next month with another fabulous guest. Take care and stay well. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Me with Felicia Schenken. New shows come out every month, so keep checking back for our new content on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again very soon. Mm -hmm.